Well, you, you might want to turn your phone off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're not going to get some some woman calling you the, right in the middle of this, are you? Some no, young girl. No, 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 no. Are you sure? Fine, well, uh, now that the engineer's turning his phone off, and it, if, if at any point during this podcast um, the phone goes off, that is Imran's potential girlfriend or girlfriends calling him. So I do apologise, listener. Liverpool FC is hot as hell. United, Tottenham, Arsenal. Watch my list and I will spell. Because they don't just play, but they can rap as well. So, uh, welcome along to Not Just a Matter of Life and Death, uh, our third pod- podcast, and tonight's show is in association with Nikki Tanner, Jamie, Jimmy Carter, and Jean-Michel Ferry. Jean-Michel or Jean-Michael Ferry? Michelle? Uh, Jean-Michel. Michelle, yeah. But okay. I, like, I like the idea of J- Jamie Carter. Jamie would have been Carter. A be- we should have signed him. He <laughs> would have been better. <laughs> it would have been a better name, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, tonight, uh, we're looking uh, at uh, the highs and lows of the week. Quite a lot of high, quite a big high, and quite a massive low. Uh, and joining me tonight is uh, uh, Rob Heaney. There he is, lovely, handsome gentleman. Hello. Comfort- <laughs> comfortably, now that Norman Wisdom is, uh, doesn't live there anymore, can claim to be the Alamans premier comedian. I oh, believe. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really disappointed because uh, we didn't get to hear the Anfield rap there. Well, <laughs> obviously, you do, I mean, I, I understand how yeah. the mechanics of this work. Rob, you're, ru- you're ruining the magic now. <laughs> but I don't know if you remember when it was in the charts. Harry Enfield uh, was also in the charts with this loads of money thing. And I remember them saying, oh, that's the Anfield rap, followed by the Enfield rap. Brilliant. Happy days. That was the days when the charts meant something. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and also alongside me is uh, Mr. Crown Paints himself, um, as we learned last week. Um, Ashley Blake, who is here. There he is, Hello. the Oracle. Um, I've been trying to, trying to work out how to describe I'm, I'm now you. now the Teletext. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. Now Teletext has been given the album, isn't it? It's depressing for all of us. Um, uh, <laughs> do you remember what, tele- what Liverpool's um, uh, page number was on Teletext? Oh, cool. Pressure's oh, on now. No. <laughs> on the BBC, it was 302. Well, they kept moving it all the time. And on, um, <laughs> on ITV, it wasn't ITV. Oh, I've let myself down now. Can I just say that I used to, I'm not joking, you know how they used to have at the bottom in the different colours? Like yeah. They'd have like, it would say Liverpool or News or something like that. Yeah. And when you look at the TV, it always said at the bottom, Regvar. And I always used to see, oh, I thought maybe Rajvani's died. Or something <laughs> like that. And you click on it, and it was regional variations. Right. And for you know what? Even though I realised that, I actually forgot, and I must have done it about ten times. Good. This is there the sort go. of character we're dealing yeah. with, though. I, I was trying to describe. <laughs> I was trying to describe you um, to one of my friends, and it was a sort of. Um, it's a kind of borderline Liverpool autism. That's what I would sort of suggest. Which, which you know, is no disrespect to anybody with autism who's listening. Um, but it, uh, you know, the, you are the um, you are the oracle of uh, Liverpool. We've, we've established. Um, I used to have a mate who was just like <laughs> with your mistake there with the Reg Bar. Mm. Um, we used to live in Wavertree, and I was driving up Picton Road, and there was an Indian takeaway, and I w- went past, and I said, "Oh, you know they do deliveries," and he went, "Really?" And I went, "Yeah, they've got a courier." Right, just a crap joke to make my mate laugh, and I remember him ringing me the next week, and he said, "Which of the which of the places on Wavertree High Street is the one that does deliveries?" <laughs> He's not available tonight, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> we should bring him down next week. Um, so before we um, before we crack on, we're, we we normally ask Rob is um, uh, not when we say normally. This is the third show. Is that when you first realised that you were a Liverpool fan? What was the point? What was the turning point for you? Uh, well, it's funny because I almost did the opposite of what um, certainly when I've heard uh, Paul Sinner on here and yeah. Gordon Southern. I did the opposite because 
I should have been a Liverpool fan when I was a kid, but right. I, I wasn't. I was, I, was, I was a proper turncoat. And the reason being, I grew up in the Isle of Man. Everybody supported Liverpool. Okay. Now, I didn't just want to support the best team. So when I was a kid, I picked Spurs. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and yeah, the, the reason why we're laughing in here, this is actually a Spurs fan yes. in here. And even he, even he finds it amusing that somebody <laughs> actually supported <laughs> Spurs always have that thing yeah. where they go, oh, Liverpool fans, but Spurs is your second team, isn't yeah. it? They've got a real, I think they've got a real connection to us. No. So, <laughs> I, but here's the thing, I effectively, growing up in the Isle of Man, my dad worked on the boats, we were in Liverpool all the time. And it was only when I moved to Liverpool that I realised that you, you can't, you don't have a choice, you can't pick a team. No. If you, you know, it's, it's that whole thing, Frank Skinner once said, take an A to Z, get a ruler, and the closest ground to your house, that's who you support. Because it's not just picking a team, it's about, the community you live in, like the effect it has in Liverpool when they win, the whole town centre just changes completely. For a week, everybody's talking. Well, I say a week. On Saturday, everyone's over the moon. By by Wednesday, the mood's changed. Yeah, so we have to bit. move on to that straight away. The, does, um, does Douglas not have a team? Well, yeah, but <laughs> they don't play in the Premiership. Where do they play? Do they what, what league do they play in? Hang on, hang on. We've got. Well, no, we don't have anyone international. Well, in <laughs> national leagues. No, we've got our own little league on the Isle of Man. Have you? St George's. They're the big team right now. Peel. They're doing well. I better be careful. I don't want. I don't want to um, upset any of our Isle of Man listeners. But I was, think, I was just thinking. It's not how many people live in the Isle of Man. Uh, I think it's up to about eighty thousand now. Eighty-five thousand. Oh well, like you should have a half decent side there, shouldn't you? Yeah, they do all right at the Inter Island games. <laughs> San, Mar- <laughs> San Marino do all right, don't they? You know, San Marino got themselves a decent side. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about... Should we talk? Should we grimly go through the events of the last week or so since we were last here? Well, well we were last here at half-time during the Leeds match, <laughs> which was quite, uh, quite peculiar. Um, and um, I've since watched it back, and um, we've covered ourselves, in glo- covered ourselves in glory there. What a good, inspiring game that was again. It was back, back to the Debrechen days or whatever, our, our second team. Uh, turned out there and um, it was a thoroughly entertaining match do you not think it was a good goal it was a very go. good goal it was well taken go yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd spent two, two shows slagging him, him off you were, yeah. yeah you were knocking yeah, him no, yeah. you were knocking him as he was knocking that in I know yeah I, I, I think subconsciously he knew that and he put it away nicely for, if just, just to you know give the uh, two fingers up at me I think that's off to him and the, you know I th- even thought the elderly Greek man played well uh, in centre half <laughs> But um, uh, and Jay Spearing, of course, did uh, did, did a good 90, 90, 90 minutes. Thought he played very well. Um, I do love the elderly Greek man thing, by the way. I, in my head, I, uh, the, I mean, the last pensioner we really had was uh, Glenn Hussein, wasn't it? I mean, with, with his full funny, gray, yeah, yeah, with yeah. his full grey hair. That was that was the joke that went around at the time. What's the difference between Glenn Hussein and Saddam Hussein? Saddam Hussein's better in the air. <laughs> but he, um, <laughs> but he was a proper pensioner looking. He had one good season, though, Glenn Hussein. Is that one of those kind of weird no, he players? Played, he played. He basically played for two seasons. He played in the nineteen ninety, the last championship yeah. side, and then he played in the year after. In the first year, he was absolutely brilliant, and in the second year, he was absolutely terrible. And the difference was. Was it in the first year Hanson was next to him, and in the second season he wasn't? So you realised that how right. much what an impact Alan Hanson had next to him. Much like uh, Gary Lineker's performances on Match of the Day, <laughs> it was Sorry. rubbish until Hanson was next to him. <laughs> he was. He was actually. People forget that actually. He was appalling as, as a as a host when he first started Lineker, wasn't he? There I am slagging Gary Lineker off areas. Uh, uh, well, listen, listen, this is. Yeah. I've noticed the first two slagging off Liverpool players. When you slag off Everton players, that's what this should be I'm about. Slagging off. I'm, it's just it's, cr- it's constructive criticism. I think. <laughs> um, 
so let's let's start with the, so the Leeds game. We got that out of the way. I mean, it's kind of was a second string, and they did what they had to do. But and you know, as, uh, I mean, Leeds, I think, were lucky not to get something out of the, out of the game. And you know, it, uh, let's bear, bear in mind, you know, it's a it was a third division team we were playing essentially in, in old money, um, or whatever they call it. I don't know what they call it. They call it Platinum League or whatever they call it these days. Um, <clears throat> but you know, we got through that. That's lovely. And then we moved on to the whole game. Now that you know, we were all cockahoop hats in the air there. I I, th- I do still think though we didn't actually play that well, even though we won six one. We didn't actually play that well. What did you think about game? I don't th- well, I, I didn't see it live. Yeah, I only saw the highlights, and obviously we looked like we played well. I, yeah. I was at the Spurs game. Somebody took me to see Spurs Burnley. If you want to see a bad team, watch Burnley. Oh my god, are they going down? Yeah, um, they beat United though, didn't they? Burnley. Yeah, but. I don't know how. <laughs> I've no of, idea. Um, how. As part of Alex, Alex Ferguson's master plan for this season, losing to Burnley. it was funny watching Keane and Crouch play together. Like watching our that was like watching our second string. Yeah, what would it have been like if it if it had been? Um, but uh, but and then there was a sort of sloppy goal at the back. I thought I thought oh well, that's a bit worrying. It's still you know Hall still managed to score against us. It was actually nice, quite a, quite a nice yeah, finish. But do you not think in some games that? You're clearly scoring goals for fun. And it was always going to... You could tell there was quite early on in the game. I mean, Torres, what did he score after four minutes or something ridiculous? Yeah. It just looked like this was going to be an absolute thumping. So you think, well, it doesn't matter if they score one. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the sort of game where even the elderly Greek man's going, Look, I'll get one from the corner. <laughs> get me on the score I mean, sheet. I, I think, um, I mean, that was, the, that's, that was again the turning point of Torres this season. I think he, that this, he's arrived now. He, I mean, he was astonishing in that game. I mean, you just couldn't. As the, that terrible cliche comes out, oh, he was unplayable. Now, mm. That's a new cliche that everybody's using now, isn't it? Oh, he's unplayable. You know, sometimes he's, he's that good, he's unplayable. And you, you, you never used to... You never I used kinda, to I, when you hear that, it kind of sounds like he shouldn't be playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, and it's like it's like you know when people sometimes say, "Oh, hello, that's that will be him on the phone now." <laughs> it's David. It's David and go. <laughs> it's the elderly Greek man. Uh, no, it's like some, you know people say, "Oh, it's flammable" or "it's inflammable," and you're never kind of sure. And they both mean the same thing. It's kind of like, "Oh, he's he's playable." It's Torres. Yeah, I, or playing. he's unplayable. There were a load of edgy comics uh, a few years back in Edinburgh. There's a show called The Unbookables. But to get them on, you'd have to ring up and book them. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Oh, there you go. Um, and then, uh, the, what did you think? Uh, what did you, did you think we um, that we sowed, sort of sowed the seeds for the the Fiorentina disaster in that whole game? Do you think? Do you think? Because- Hang on, we've lost over Torres just by sending some playable. Well, I mean, no, no, he has no, this I mean- ability, right? I, and it blows me away when I see because. The last player I saw who could do it was Thierry Henry. In fact, I remember seeing him do it at Anfield yeah. once, and we, we scraped a two-all draw. I think Reese has scored in the last minute. And but that ability to just stand there with two defenders in front of you, yeah. and just—I think Torres even had three. And he's, he's just like, "Look, I'm going left. I'm going round you," and he, he does, and he can does, still get it back on his right foot. That was unbelievable. That, he's got an amazing, just quick burst. That's yeah. the thing. There are some footballers who are fast, and he's actually not the fastest. In terms of that, he's got a standing start and he can just do that quick burst, get past you, and you're right, Henri could do that. He, uh, and, but what he has that Henri didn't really have, it's that kind of Ronaldo big shoulder thing that he's Incredible so strong strength, yeah. that, that he sort of, they'd bounce off him when they try and stop him yeah. doing that. And it's just, it's just, yeah, it's he's incredible. He's a beautiful man, isn't he? Yes. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> 
Am I allowed to say that? There's yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's all fine. No one's going to think I mean, anything I mean, of that. He, you know, without without you know without with those blonde streaks, he still manages to carry it off. I don't know. I don't know how. He even with a black eye, and he yeah. has a few of them. He still. I find that even more erotic. It's a kind of sort of action action man way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's, you know, he's, Action Man used to have that scar of it on his cheekbone. He did, didn't he? No, he's yeah. kind of like he's. Um, that's going to be his trademark now. The black eye. It's like Robbie Fowler with the plaster across the nose. It's like his thing is the black eye. That he's was medicinal. He's had, about, he's had about five. You're right, because he's got the black eye. Robbie Fowler had the plaster across his nose. Michael Owen had the, the hamstrings. Yeah, they've gone again, haven't <laughs> they? There you go. <laughs> Nothing for that. They've gone again. That had rule of three and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, don't get, don't get him started on moustaches again. Um, um, so, and then, and so then we, we glossed over that. So 6-1. Six, six Even um, Babel scored a couple of... Well, he scored one and a half goals. Um, he came on it. I thought he, put, he was played, came on and did well, didn't he? he and then that he, one he hit him on the... On the yeah, back no, of the leg, he, he's it? the undisputed king of the late meaningless goal. Yeah, but he did <laughs> specialise in it. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I'd like Babel. I think he could become, you know, with the right manager, uh, you know, and used in the right way. You know, I'm, he's one of those players. I'm sure if he was at Arsenal, Wenger would have, um, you know, developed him into a world beater. But he does seem to have a, a knack of scoring completely meaningless goals. Is he like David Fairclough without the sense of occasion? <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, no. Well, David Fairclough scored some really important late goals, but he... Yeah, yeah no, exactly. that's oh, I see. I, oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay, what yeah. you're saying, I think. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, that's I'll we, we can edit that out. Don't worry about it. Um, now, um... He's uh, like, can I just say he's like David Fairclough without the sense of occasion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, th- I think yeah. we all agree yeah. um, yes. around the table about that. that um, but what was interesting was when Torres came off, he played Babel as a central striker, which is the first time in, I don't know, two seasons, three seasons, actually managed to get him and play him in what he would Guards as his best position, and he looked. He, I thought he looked lively. And I thought he looked useful. I just, I just want him so much to get better. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, sometimes you see players and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen for him. We were talking about the talent last um, last week, and just you think, oh, yeah, he has got it. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely all the raw material materials there. And you know, I just, I'm just willing him to it, to happen for him. But you're right. He's lively, and that's. I like to think if I played for Liverpool, I, up front, I'd be lively. I wouldn't, I wouldn't score in, <laughs> but I'd be lively. And they go, oh, yeah. he, he's so lively. They yeah. also say he's great in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, but, I'd be, I'd be, but I'd be lively and the thing is if you're a centre forward ultimately it's all about goals and yeah. Babel's finishing is poor that's right. the trouble I think he, but you're right he's lively but he just he just doesn't look to me like he's got the striker's knack of finishing Live, the li- yeah. I'll put that with your uh, crown paints yes. lively Ashley Blaker there we are um, <laughs> so let's let's move on to the um, to the uh, Fiorentina game then um, so uh, let's first of all talk about the positives. The positives were that young lad, Stefan Jokovic, uh, he's, he's going to be a great player, isn't he, for Fiorentina? He was fantastic. 19 years old, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, That's one's, the positive. One's That's offside, one's a fluke. <laughs> let's still, have that. Still, he, you know, he, we really yeah. struggled to cope with him, didn't we? And, you know, for me, I, I've read all the press afterwards now, and Benita's saying he was absolutely furious. It's the worst um, thing. We're going to have worst performance in Europe he's ever since he'd been at the club and stuff and and you know at half time he was like really angry and stuff but actually he didn't change it at all at, you know half time it was still the same same setup for me the idea that you play you know a full back at central midfield although you know Aurelio has played there a couple of times before and Lucas and him in central midfield in a, against a team which is which is doing pretty well you know in their own league and it's you know it's not it's not a weak league the Italian league, 
I, I, you know, who who would be surprised that that we we, we struggled in midfield? And I, I, you know, I just again, it's one of those decisions. I just think, well, why, why has he made that decision? For me, uh, as soon as that starts kicking off, you've got to drop. You've just got to drop Gerard back into the centre of midfield. I just don't understand why he. Just, he, he it didn't. That didn't happen. You know, it didn't. It still didn't happen even in the second half. Yeah, but if they played better in the second half, and he and he didn't change it tactically, that kind of disproves <coughs> the point. Well, they played better, but they still didn't outplay. But like them. you said, yeah. They, all right, but it shows you that it's not necessarily a tactical thing. It's genuinely they just weren't at it in the first half. They just weren't. Yeah. You know, they just. It was yeah, as simple as that. Exactly. I think there's some games where, you know, in the, basically the the um, like you look at the 2005 European Cup final. That was tactically poor. Yeah. That was a, you know the idea of not playing a man, not having a, a holding midfielder. But and then when he came on at halftime, that changed the game a bit. But I think this game they just just weren't they just weren't on it for some reason. Well, I, I've wrote down, I wrote down the word tempo here because he goes on and on about tempo all the time. And actually, as soon as we walked out on the pitch, it was like as though we were playing Debrecen again. Or Debrecen, I could still not pronounce that name. It's just like they were they were very noticeably quite laid back, weren't they? I don't, it was really weird. It was almost like they, you, we wanted they, they got there, and went well, come and get us then. But actually, no, you sh- that, that's not what, how it should be. When we play decent sides in Europe, we go for hell for leather for them for the first fifteen minutes and hope we get something. Then settle in, and then the second half we go at them again. And it just I don't know why that didn't happen. I was saying there's a little at this stage of the season though. It's all about kind of managing your squad to keep every I, I, I honestly think you know when people even at this early stage of yeah. the Champions League are going look we think we're going to go through let's just try and nick a point here and you know playing <laughs> moving you, you let you say Aurelio to centre midfield that's you know you go really you're really going to do that it's a bit of a risk but in Benitez's mind he's going look if we can nick a point out of this if we lose it doesn't. I don't think in the long run it really, it's really going to matter because no, Leon well, aren't the not. force they were. I, d- I don't no. mind actually. I think it makes it a little bit more interesting because, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> well, you know, that's yeah. what I was saying. But to no, my mate, you know, yeah. A couple of years ago, um, when they had a really, they got one point out of the first uh, three games, yeah. and they had to win the last three to go through, and then they absolutely caned all the teams they played, including that eight 0 win against uh, Fernabachi and, and um, uh, sorry, Besiktas, and um, they. Um, yeah, there you go. It was an exciting well, game. So. I, I, I think if you'd have played Mascarano and Aurelio in centre midfield, although obviously Mascarano wasn't available, then I, th- I don't think it's that much of it because I think Aurelio is a really talented footballer. I think he's, a, he's much underrated. I think he's quite, a, you know, he's quite a, a skillful passer. And a, but but playing him with Lucas, uh, who has, to, you know, he, he's not he's not um, he's not Mascarano yet. You know, he's. <clears throat> He's like I've said before. He's you know he's got a lot to learn. He, he's, you know, he does his best, and you know we all, we all probably would prefer Alonso, but you know needs must. Um, we've got to offset those debts somehow. Um, <laughs> I saw today on Twitter Henry Winter was going on about Lucas, just saying how poor he is and uh, that Spearing should be playing instead. And I can see he is just one of those players, Lucas. Now he's tarred. Yeah, you know he, he, yeah. he, he's tired with the brush now of being poor, and he's not. He's had. He's not. He's not had a bad season. No. He's actually stepped up a little bit. I always had this thing when I first saw him playing. And I kept thinking he was uh, Modric, but not as good. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, when a player looks like someone yeah. else, you think, "Oh, he'll be as good as." And then they don't play the same style of game, and you're like, "Oh, he's like a not as good version." Well, that then. goes back to your theory of last week for the moustaches, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Because you, as soon as came out, we replaced him with another. What was the name of that fellow? We replaced him as soon as with. Well, Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wasn't quite as good, mm. but looked mm. like him. <laughs> well, you, can I say Mulby? You know, when he signed, who did he, he look like? He had he had one of those bum fluff moustaches. He did, he did didn't he? Yeah. We had a, a great thing in a. This is I remember uh, 
it became this impression at school that everybody did. Jan Mulby was on a question of sport about, I don't know, three, four weeks after signing. And on the picture board at the start, he went, number 10, please. <laughs> and it became this real thing at our school that everybody, you couldn't just say number 10. You had to say it in your Jan Mulby scouts, number 10, please. He's still got that um, incredible scouts accent, hasn't he? It's um, it's a joy to behold, and I still, as I said last week, I watched him against Crystal Palace. It's still one of the greatest shit games I've ever watched. Just through a gap in the fence, and we won four <laughs> nil, and he didn't move from the centre spot and got man of the match. I had Fantastic. a friend who played him once in a charity thing and said uh, Anfield. Yeah, uh, my friend who like claims to be a Liverpool fan, never been to Anfield to watch a game from London, lives in Brighton, and he said, "Ah, oh, I've been to Anfield now. Yeah, you paid fifteen hundred quid for the privilege." But <laughs> he said he never got. He said if Mulvey had stood on the centre stop, he never got as close as this sort of semicircle around. He said he just didn't, couldn't get near him. Lovely. B.O. I think. Other news this week. Um, another Saudi prince has come out the, uh, out the woodwork. The, how many Saudi princes are, are we going to, uh, you know, we're going to try and get off with? I mean, uh, the, the, this, apparently the, this, there's some, I forget what his name was now because I, I couldn't pronounce it, but another Saudi prince has come out and offered to buy Gillette's um, share. I thought you said he um, offered Dubai. <coughs> like, that's, that's quite um, a good offer for the club. We'll give you Dubai. Um, and um, but the, the only problem was is that um, Gillette was uh, talking to Anfield and was was basically flirting with him, and um, but he didn't tell Hicks that, that that's what was going on. So Hicks didn't know anything about it. This is all conjecture, obviously. Oh, they but, never do though. though but um, but and then and then they've gone um, and Hicks has gone. Well, what's gone? I've just gone ring him up and said, "What's going on here? What's this this other Saudi fellow you're flirting with now?" And, he's, and then there's a statement come out today saying, "Oh, we're obviously looking always looking in for investments." So it's like as if he's phoned them up and saying. What are you doing here? You who you flirting with? Get me, leave me alone, leave me alone. So that that seems to have gone away again. But I don't believe anything either of those blokes says at all. Oh, Hicks I and Gillette are clearly a couple who split up, and, and but they'd had a kid together, and that's what's going on. So they've got to keep in touch, but they're not going to talk or tell each other anything. It's just that it gets back to them through the club. I hear you're seeing this uh, Saudi prince now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you. And um, do we do we have do we ever think this uh, this um, uh, Arabian money is gonna is gonna arrive on a magic carpet? No, they do seem to be the only people in the world with money anymore, though, aren't they? Even that's dwindling now. I think. Mm. I, I think. I think we need to look at the very nature of what money money means mm. these days. I that think. could be odd. That could it could actually eventually happen that every club like you know Man City have they'll have their couple of years then the next team will come along and we've got more money and it'll be mm. someone ridiculous like you know, well I nearly said Portsmouth there well it could be Burnley for example they could be the new Blackburn and like each team just have a a go like just draft, one year yeah like the draft system there was a, I remember yeah. reading an article about somebody saying about the draft system about they're doing um, American football is the idea that, you, that each, each year the league would have a budget and you're allowed to you're allowed to buy X amount of players but uh, but um, but it's ramped up depending on where you finish that in the league oh you I get first pick if yeah that would be, I think down. that would be that would be a really good for the league because you know because it's sort of embarrassing now there's only there's only four I'd, I'd push five teams that could ever win how'd you do it when you have if you had like you know 21 I mean, 21 people in the draft and the last one's just left like sorry we've got fair, t- <laughs> got fair sides now <laughs> he'll have to go and play um, play for Portsmouth um, <laughs> um, so the other good news is that Aga back, was back is back um, fit again and played for um, 68 minutes uh, for reserves against Man City um, and Man City's reserves presumably is last year's Man City first team <laughs> before the money <laughs> came in and so I don't know whether he'll be, he might be available for the, for the Chelsea game 
Do we think? Do we think he'd be fit enough? I, I don't know. I mean, I think Carragher will probably be. Although I think Benitez is. This is the season Carragher to be phased, fade <coughs> down a little bit. But uh, I think against Chelsea, you got to have Carragher. I think you know he's great I, in the dressing room. Yeah, <laughs> he is great in the dressing room. I think um, he's lively as well, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how they cope with Drogba. I mean, I think Skirtle is actually set up strangely quite well to deal with Drogba. Just the physicality of him is quite. Great. But um, yeah, I mean, it could. Yeah, who knows? Those games can go either way. We could get beat four 0 We could win four 0 God knows. And um, apparently, Joe Cole might be fit as well because he and he always scores against us as well, doesn't he? So um, it could be a nightmare. It could be terrifying. But hell, I'll be in Seville, sunning myself, watching it. So I don't care. Going to Seville. <laughs> Going on a stag too. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so I've got to find somewhere to watch the Liverpool Chelsea game in Seville. Any recommend- recommendations for any of our how about, Seville listeners? How about every English bar yes. out there? <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard this great story about Jamie Carragher about two years ago. My mate was in Bootle in the summer in a, in a pub and there was the um, pub quiz was on. And one of the questions was, who was Liverpool's player of the year this season? Apparently Jamie Carragher. It's like an old man's pub. Right. He hasn't, you know, Nobody's approached him all night. He hasn't said anything. He just shouted out, "It had better be me." <laughs> and it probably wasn't. Um, uh, <laughs> Although saying that a couple of years ago, it probably was actually. I don't like this. You know, you're saying his legs have gone and face no matter whatever. I don't. Everyone was saying this about Ryan Giggs four years ago at United. And look at him now. You know, let's I, get behind him. I, I well, you know, he's he, maybe he's carrying he, a little niggle. He is. We can rebuild it. We can. He is essentially my favourite player, so I do hope that happens. Um, funny enough, the, the the I read today talking about people slagging uh, Liverpool off and, and actually the the sort of cliches that come out. Did you read the Independent today? This guy called Steve Tong has has uh, written this um, this. Uh, I say article um, saying reasons to be fearful causes concern Anfield uh, he's, he's listed f- um, five reasons now the first one is basically his, his big cause for concern is the fact that we We'd beaten loads of teams, lo- loads of teams really well. So he says that we've beaten Stoke, Bolton, Burnley, West Ham, and Hull. You know, given heavy victories to them, and we haven't be- we haven't managed to beat the big se- big sides. This time last year, people were saying exactly the opposite of yeah, that. They were, and you just think, God, just give them a break, will you? You know, it just if, they, if there was Man United, <laughs> people would just be you know, people would be saying, you know, the, the the real Man United was playing in that game, but you know, it was he had an off day, and you know, it, I just don't know what you know, and and the, the obsession. I don't keep. I've got it slightly myself is with um, Xabi Alonso that that actually you know. Let's not forget, Xabi Alonso was great last season, but a couple of seasons before that, he, he, he wasn't up to one on, wasn't his best. So well, two years ago, he looked like he didn't want to be there. No, he exactly. Two bad years, and also last year he missed loads of games. Actually, I, I watched the other day again uh, the four-one at Old Trafford, and he missed that game. Yeah, you know, there were lots of good uh, good performances last year that he wasn't playing in. So, so fingers crossed that Aquilani will. Will come. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not seeing enough about Aquilani to know what kind of player he is. But I think he's a bit more. He's less of a holding player, more an attacking midfield player. So I don't know how that's going to work. How that system's going to work with that? Yeah, yeah. I love these. Um, you, any player anyone ever signs now, you put into YouTube and you can watch. Them yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little knocked well, did you up. See, uh, have you? <laughs> but they're, they're compilation always, of. But them. the compilations are always been. You remember seeing a uh, Cisse's compilation, and I thought, whoa, well, hello. Dirk, Dirk Counts one was. Yeah. Uh, you know, just goal, great goal after great goal. Now I like Counts. I think he's a decent player, but. He's not a uh, top goal scorer. I was thinking about this the other day. Can you imagine if you did one of those for Steven Gerrard? 
I mean, not that he isn't God anyway, yeah. but just what his YouTube... This is a man who scored in... Be the, half an hour, wouldn't it? But he scored, he scored, like, so many vital goals, vital times. FA Cup final, Champions League final, UEFA Cup final. He scored in the 5-1 over... You just look at this guy and go, so, right, he's just going to win us every single game. Actually, no, he'll probably win you about one in three. <laughs> and Single-handedly. The, um, <clears throat> the goal against um, Hull, did he mean it or did he not mean it? I think he meant it. I think he meant it as Did well. Think? I, I saw one against um, Portsmouth. It was a 3-0 against Portsmouth at Anfield a couple of years back. And Cissé, from the other side of the pitch, did a similar sort of thing. And he went over to the cup and he sort of started, like, celebrating. Yeah, that was a great goal. And then everyone sort of looked at him and he just sort of went, sort of shrugged his shoulders like, all right, just, I was just hoping there. Now, firstly, you can believe it was Gerard, but also he, um, you know, footballers, they're quite honest in that way. You remember, like, when um, Colin Moore scored a goal at Blackburn where he... Um, it hit a divot and went over. Oh, got Tim Flowers, yeah. Tim Flowers. And, his and face Tim Flowers kept away. looking at the divot. Yeah, no, and, and Colin Moore's face straight away is giving away, thinking, oh, you know, you know, obviously a terrible shot. I don't know what happened. Well, there, he turned know. round, McManaman had to tell yeah. him he'd scored, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> he was, honestly, he was walking away, McManaman's going, mm. you've, you've scored, mate. No, McManaman then did it again, did, did one himself at White Hot Lane, where it uh, went over uh, Walker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on, I've got them confused. It was McManaman's one where he turned away. And someone had to tell him. I get confused with all these divot goals. <laughs> There's so many. Um, now, I just wanted to um, also pick up on um, Jermaine Pennant, of course, um, or one of our uh, favourite players. Um, Jermaine Pennant, when he came out in the press saying today, um, last week, slagging Benitez off, saying that he wants his, his wingers to perform as robots. Now, do you think any? there's any... Um, <laughs> do you think uh, Jermaine Pennant has got any, a leg to stand on at all in any, in any shape or form? Well, to be fair, Jermaine Pennant, if he wants him as a robot, he already has electronics around his ankles. Very hey. good. No, thank you very much, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Here all week. That, um, but he, <laughs> that's a good gag. That's a good gag. I was going to do a joke about recording this at Mara Lebone, who was married to Brian Lebone, right? And, and to, yeah, no, you're not getting that now. That's gone. <laughs> they should do an Everton one here. Actually, that would work, wouldn't it? Um, um, no, I don't. Oh God, I don't just, I'm slagging you off. I'm not slagging you, obviously. Um, um, uh, help. Um, um, but Pennant, uh, to me, is a, is a classic, pl- classic one of those players who has got everything, but was it's just he's got an attitude problem and always has had. And, and wherever he's been, he's never quite come up with the goods, apart from Birmingham. And... And you just think, God, just shut your mouth and, you know, get on with it, you know. I mean, what's he do- how's he doing out in Spain? He's doing all right, I think. I don't think he was that... Again, I, I don't think he was that bad for Liverpool. I think when he played... Was certainly when Crouch played, he, they needed Pennant to put the yeah. ball in. He didn't ever get a great run. I, th- I know what he means in some respects. Benitez, and you can see it with Count, he wants a... He, he kind of thinks... He wants to buy a pennant, but why play a pennant when you can buy someone, uh, play someone like Count, as we were talking about last week, plays like two jobs at once, you know? The stint he puts in, pennant's not going to put in. Yeah. But, but you know, you, what you do want is a bit of flair wide, and we still ain't got that, have we, really? Yeah, I mean, if, well, yeah, if you've got flair, it depends what you call flair, Ronaldo flair or pennant flair, you know? Yeah. Um, but you've, you know, uh, Riera still doesn't. Is it kind of halfway between the two? Maybe that's that's 
what he sees in Riera. I don't know, but um, Riera is another one. who's just just almost there, isn't he? I think. I think if he got a good run in the side, I think Riera. Would... That is if that, I don't, is that damning with faint breeze. Riera, he's a halfway between Ronaldo and Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I mean halfway between um, Ronaldo. I was going to say halfway between Pennant and Kite. That's that gets damning with faint breeze as well, isn't it? And um, no, but I mean, I think he's sort of he works a lot harder than uh, than Pennant ever did. Um, but he hasn't. He's still not quite. I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether whether he wants his his um, wide players to perform a completely different role than than like a, a Man United winger. Or, or I wonder like. what robot in particular he wanted them to play like. Did uh, he metal Mickey? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Irene Handel on the right. Yeah. So I was thinking kind of C three PO, quite camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see him as three C three PO. We haven't really got many more robots. Yeah. No, there's Twiggy yeah. from yeah. Buck Rogers. Yeah. And then um, I was thinking about some. I was just going to check up on uh, some of the other ex-reds around the around the world. Fowler in Australia, um, and apparently uh, North Queensland Fury are bottom of the league. But Fowler apparently is playing brilliantly. But um, that's a that's a that's a terrible unple- unpleasant news, isn't it? Because I expected him to do go because I was uh, well, last summer. I spent uh, quite a lot of time in Queensland. And I was thinking that would be brilliant. We have to go over there and have to go and watch. Well, that's Fowler. That's a it's a heartbreaking business, isn't who's, it? Who's Who's been beating them and who's top of the league? I don't know who's top of the league. I don't know any of them. All I know is uh, Queensland Fury. They're the only team I know because Robbie Fowler plays. Is there anyone else out there at the moment? As, a, as in... As um, in a, a star name? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so, no. I mean, I think, I think all the old Australian players go back there to retire. But um, <laughs> apart from <laughs> Harry come, Kuhl... Yeah, they go here to retire. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Harold from Neighbours turns out for, yeah. uh, in <laughs> the 80s. He's a very, flam- very flamboyant centre-half, apparently. A ball-playing centre-half yeah, like Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> Great partnership with Luke Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other the other news is Sooness has retired from management this week. I love that. That's yeah. like when that is brilliant. I mean that is kind of like when Andy Cole said, All right, I'm retiring from England play. <laughs> he hadn't played for about he hadn't been picked for like five years, you know. He goes, Yeah, I'm retiring now. But it, Do you know what actually I think I might use this podcast myself to retire <laughs> from uh, from England. I, and if Fabio Capello calls me up for the World Cup, you know, I'm retired. Wow, and you're left, foot, you're left footed as well. We could have, we could have yeah, used you. No, no. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm lively in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been good. I'd have been good in the hotel. I feel. Yeah, you know, and it's boring. But I, I'd, I'd think Sunez says that it's because player power has got too, you know, has got too big, you know, too important. And you think, well, with Sunez, his management style, anybody being able to speak in the dressing room would be, would for him, would be. He had a road rage with me once. Wow! Yeah, Hello. I hadn't even done anything. He just started shouting at me in another car. Yeah, he could have been on a hands-free, but I think it was before the days of hands-free. Because I remember looking, going, "He, he can't be shouting at you, me." This I was in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. What year was this? This would have been. <laughs> well, it was when I was a student there, so it'd be about 1991, maybe. That's when he came back as manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I asked because uh, you know there was there was a period when. There were a lot of people in Liverpool who did look like. Most of them playing for us. I mean, it could have been. Yeah, exactly. Like, you to know, Justin Hughes in the next. They car, weren't all in Bentleys <laughs> though. Yeah, yeah, okay. He wasn't a, a big sort of Bentley type. You know what? He, he's such an angry man. It probably wasn't hands free. He was just just shouting. I well, mean, t- it was just after as well. That was the thing. It was just after he'd had the. Um, didn't he have a heart problem? Some kind yeah, of operation. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just after then. Well, that was and nice. I was thinking, man, that's not good. That was ninety two. Okay. There you go. God. Yeah, I was yeah. No, no, because that was in the run-up to the uh, FA Cup final, wasn't it? 
Yes, he, of course. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he looked shockingly ill. Him. Imagine then again. Often when he you lost, have lost heart- the tash. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. When you do have heart surgery, you generally tend quite to look quite ill, don't you? <laughs> um, the other thing I was wanted to say was that I watched them um, the Portsmouth Everton match the other day, and um, poor old Portsmouth, and watched David James. And David James was just you can just see the abject sort of disappointment in David James. Thought, this is where my career's gone. Oh my God, I'm never going to get the, the you know my England place back again. And then I thought for the first. First time I've ever in my life uh, w- watching Portsmouth against uh, watching David James against playing against Everton was the first time I've seen uh, David James in a game where his hair wasn't the most ridiculous because <laughs> Fellini's hair is quite astonishing and I think that genuinely puts David James off his game. If somebody's got more, <laughs> well, he looks, looks at him and thinks that's me. If someone looks more ridiculous than him, then he just can't concentrate. I don't think. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember, we I was saying last week about the moustaches that they yeah. would buy. Liverpool would buy players who had moustaches in, in case other players with moustaches were injured, and they could bring them in. Do you remember when David James played for Liverpool? There was a. They had the reserve goalkeeper was Tony Warner. Tony who Warner was the absolute spitting image of David James. To the point whereby I, th- I thought that he must have been bought in case James was ever injured. You don't want to give like the uh, opposition a uh, like a, a boost by saying, "Oh, their goalkeeper's injured in the warm up or something." You just play Tony Warner, and no one will actually know. I've played with Tony Warner. Oh, look at you! Was that the same game? No, <laughs> he played huh. when I when I was a student in Liverpool. He played for our um, chemistry team in a game. Wow. He played up front. <laughs> he played up front on a Sunday morning. He turned out for us. He was good. D- did you have good chemistry? No. Oh, hey, hey, come on. <laughs> um, um, so if you, if you, uh, no, that's a good, um, good question for the uh, audience. If, if you've ever played with uh, a Liverpool fringe player <laughs> or a Liverpool player, um, why don't you email us on lifeanddeath at playbackmedia.co.uk or Twitter on um, LFC Life and Death. Um, on Twitter somehow I don't know how that works um, and then all these other people we've been f- quite a few people are following us on Twitter hello's there to Mark Cullen uh, Crystal Todd Rob Heaney of course there you're following us on Twitter now I am, yes. you? this is the new thing <laughs> um, Paul Heron Edith Murphy all you lovely people um, hello to you and then also a, a good big shout out to the blokes at um, Football Filter who are running a fantastic service on Twitter where it's just just relentless football information you you You'd absolutely love it. Um, uh, it's just, you know. And then also, uh, as always, um, a uh, relentless, um, des- desperate plug for any sort of, um, anybody who wants to come in and give us loads of money to, to, uh, to plug anything on, their sh- on the show, then I'd be delighted. Um, uh, one, one question we, we were asking uh, out on the Twitter and the podcast this week was, um, uh, who was the worst player you think has ever played for Liverpool? Uh, going back to negativity against Rob, <laughs> um, who do you think is the worst player you think you've ever seen in a Liverpool shirt? Well, the worst player I've seen in a Liverpool shirt is my mate Kevin, who played at Anfield for 15 <laughs> Quid, he turns up in one every Monday at five aside. Oh, God, that's... T- I don't know. That's it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really hard question. I, I, I love them all. They're like my children. I don't have any kids, but if I did, I figure I couldn't you know, pick one I didn't like. I don't know. I've got three, and you, it's not that hard. Um, Ashley, <laughs> who would you who would you think? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and um, and I was, I'm going to preface my answer a little bit with. Firstly, there have been there have obviously been some players who I've seen who played like once or twice. Players who came through like the youth or something and hmm. have been abysmal in a game, never seen them again, and we didn't pay for them. Whatever, you know, fine. Then 
So I think you kind of it's got to be you've got to kind of quantify it by how much you spent on it. But and so I think so. There's no point in talking about your kind of Leighton Maxwell, not anything particularly like Leighton Maxwell, but someone like a Nicky Tanner even or something like that. Yeah. And then players who played for such a short amount of time as well, like a Jean Michel Ferry, who was abysmal. Yeah. But apparently was only bought um, to be a spy in the dressing room. Because he was Julier's. <laughs> he was no, genuinely he was Julier's first signing right and uh and basically was there to just feed back could he speak Julio. english i think he well i think he could hear uh, right. what was going on <laughs> he could speak, but he could kind of relate back to uh julio what was what was going okay. on you see um so there's no point and then also like pellegrino who i thought was so poor when we yeah. bought him. he was like the elderly he was the elderly argentinian bloke i know um, i know well, and he's part of the um and he's uh, not part of the background and and uh, the and definitely when he came the um zonal marking improved straight away <coughs> you know you get he, he was he was bet he was bought for different reasons so I would say adding it all together and with a, a big nod to Paul Stewart and Mark Walters and Morientas <laughs> and Bernard Diamed, but I'm Diamed, gonna pl- I'm gonna plump after all of that to Torben Picnic. Funnily enough, we had an email in from a gentleman called Ross Clark who uh, has um, said that as well, and he put a nice little joke on the end of it. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, he's um, and it's probably not accurate. He has since worked as a masseur, and he's hoping his touch must have improved since then. Imagine <laughs> oh, that, yeah. eh? Oh, thank you, thank you very yeah. much. It's probably complete nonsense. Now, he played. I mean, I, his last ever game for Liverpool was in a three-nil defeat at St James's Park, and this was the game in which uh, Andy Cole scored a hat trick. Ninety-three. Ninety-three, in which allegedly uh, Bruce Grobelar was supposedly. Took, took the bungs and what have you, and uh, to throw the game. And I remember when that story was in the paper about Grobelart, and I and I was thinking to myself, if he if he got all this money, what was Picnic's cut? Because <laughs> he was so poor. There is nothing. I think if we'd had, you know, both Clements and Schmeichlingol, they'd have done nothing about it because um, he Picnic just didn't have a clue. He was just all over the place. He was slow, poor in the air, poor touch. It was everything about him was absolutely shocking. See, I'm thinking about it as well, and I, and I kind of think, um, uh, immediately thought Jimmy Triore. But um, there were things about Jimmy Triore which were, which were stunning. The thing is, he just doesn't look in any way, shape or form like a football player. And he, you know, his touch was terrible, and he, you know, he was like a spider. But his his pace was astonishing, and after the majority of the mistakes he made, he was so quick and was so athletic, he managed to get the ball back or put it out of, out, out of touch. But essentially, he was so poor that actually he created those problems in the first place. So I, I sort yeah, of think... he was poor in a different way. I, I, he's not, Although, you know, he, he was he did win the European exactly, Cup. So he's, not one of the worst, he's not one of the worst players. I mean, he was poor in a different way. Yeah, I, I think he was actually... He was so poor in that first half, actually, against AC Milan. Yeah. And they were going to take him off at half-time. There's a very funny account in um, Guillaume Balaguer's season on the brink an account of what was going on in the dressing room at half time and they took off um Traore and Traore was getting was actually in his suit then and um and then the Finnan got injured they realized that he, he wasn't going to be able to carry on and there was this complete chaos and they were drawing up the and they realized that uh 
on when they're doing the team on the uh, whiteboard, they realise that Benitez only had 10 on the pitch. So they said, oh, Jimmy, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to get your clothes back no. on. And he had to go back on. And, he, that, and then he cleared one off the line late on. Is that going to be in the... F- there's a film of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, is that going to be in it? Oh, I don't know, there's somebody... Yeah, Carragher's in it, isn't he? And Gerard. Yeah, Carragher's yeah, yeah, um, in the uh, uh, in the trailer certainly. Um, the other person I was thinking about was, um, but in a way, he was so poor in a completely different way. Was um, and it's kind of one of those one of those players who never quite did it. Was Nigel Clough? I was so disappointed with Nigel Clough because I thought he was going to be the thing that that you know turned the corner. I thought he was going to be going to be the one, you know. Yeah, he was, was great in that three all against Yeah, he Man United, was, yeah, but he? that's that's what everybody says. He, he was great in that three all against Yeah, I think he's an unlucky one. He, yeah. you know, he's one who, who looked like a Liverpool player, should have been a Liverpool player. Yeah. And he um he started we won the first three games that season. He scored two on the first game against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, two 0 win. Then he scored in the three one against QPR at Loftus Road in the next game, scored an amazing uh back heeled goal. Flicked goal it was a, a really um, a, a really good performance. Then then he played well as well in the five nil against Swindon in the next game, and then they just started losing, and he was and he became rubbish. And then he, he'd been dropped by the time of the Man U game, and then he came back. That was on um, I can remember that January the fourth, nineteen ninety four. Honestly, yeah. you you and, uh, and he scored two, and he was very good. And then the never other, did anything again. The other person, in a completely different way, I'm just giving you a list of people now who disappointed me through my life. Um, various girlfriends will come out now. Um, is Frank McGarvey because Frank McGarvey was trumpeted as going to be the ne- next Dalglish and was going to be the replacement for Kenny, Kenny Dalglish and he came and I don't think he ever played it. No, maybe they, he played I one. don't know if they bought, he was one they bought to stop other players buying him. Well, the uh, teams. Other teams buying him. Man United wanted him, and Arsenal they bought him. Um, but he was there and he never played. Wayne Harrison was the one who oh, was, yeah, I remember yeah. everyone saying yeah. he was going to be the new rush. And he had a he's, terrible injury, didn't he? Yeah, he's now a forklift truck driver. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's incredibly pacey when he does it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but if Trevor Francis could, could put a drive for a forklift truck, he'd be, he'd be driving it just like Wayne Harrison, apparently. Because <laughs> that's what they said he was like. He was like Trevor Francis, didn't they? Anyway. There we are. <laughs> it seems it's just a list of people that, that, that disappointed me. Um, well, thank you. Well, you two gentlemen haven't disappointed me tonight, he says rather slickly. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, as I said before, if you want to get in touch with us, life and death uh, at playbackmedia.co.uk. Twitter is LFC Life and Death. Um, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Rob, thank you very much. You've been a, a delightful gentleman. No thank problem. You and the Oracle, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we'll speak, you again, speak to you again next week. Thank you very much. This podcast is a Playback Media production.